the volume. Soup with Coop is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. My next guest on Soup with Coop has one of the most decorated football resumes there is. A two-time All-American at Purdue, 11-time Pro Bowler, a six-time All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl champion, and Hall of Famer in college and in pro, Rod Woodson. Welcome to Soup with Coop, Rod. Cooper, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm hungry right now, too, so that's a good thing I could eat some soup. Listen, what are you what are you having today, my friend? Cream of mushroom. Really? Are you a mushroom guy? I am. Like, so my daughter's a chef, but even before that, it's just something about the cream of mushroom. I just start enjoying it. And now when we want to be lazy and not cook, and you know, we'll have a bowl of soup, which is cream of mushroom, and we're gonna have some grilled cheese. And that's one of the lazy days for our family. I that was probably a good hearty meal back in Pittsburgh on those cold afternoons. I mean, that's, and you're a, you're a Midwestern guy. It doesn't get much warmer in West Lafayette either. Listen, in Indiana, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, a little bit colder, a little bit cooler, just because of the three rivers and the Mahogany and Allegheny and all that junk in Ohio. But uh, it does, you know, the Midwest is the Midwest, you know, and uh, in those cold nights, you got to warm yourself up somehow, some way, you know, sometimes you do a little broth, but, you know, as I, I did with broth when I was younger, because it was a lot cheaper. Uh, and then I made my way to the cream of mushroom as I got older. Rob, let me see what you got. Can you point it? I want to see. Can you, you have it in front of you right there? Have yep, a, right here, right here. A little cream of mushroom. Yeah, have, have a bite. Don't, 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 don't be bashful. Just dig right in. Yeah, because I am hungry. Well, we can do this show two ways. I can talk the whole time and you can eat, or you can talk the whole time and I eat. So, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're sick of me. So go ahead and eat while I'm talking because um, it's you we want to talk about. And your career, we can talk about for hours and hours and hours, but I know you've been passionate about something that's on everyone's mind right now with what's going on with COVID and the NFL players um, fighting percentages and being vaccinated and you've joined and um, aligned yourself to the NFL and been outspoken. How did, how did this come about? Well, I really, you know, we all have a platform, you know, you have a platform coop here with your podcast. Um, you know, I was blessed to have talent, a God given ability to play decent uh, international football league. So people resonate with people they see on TV for whatever odd reasons, they they register. Sometimes they register more with that local person who's in common than a doctor or a scientist. And so, you know, you know, you know, when I look back at what we've gone through as a community, as a country, uh, in the NFL and all sports, um, and the decisions we had to make, you know, I was a little hesitant. You know, when this whole thing first started, and they were talking about vaccines, and I'm like, oh heck no, I'm not getting the vaccine. I, I don't get the flu shot. I mean, I don't get a flu vaccine ever. I've never had one, you know. Um, but then once I realized what it was, once I educated myself on what the vaccine can do and what it'll do for me, but it would also do for me going to see my mother, 
I mean, my mother's diabetic. She had heart issues. She has high blood pressure. My uncle was diabetic. Multiple people in my family has pre-existing conditions. Um, and I want to see her. So I got vaccinated. As soon as I got vaccinated, I flew to Indiana uh, and saw my mom again. So it was good to do that. Uh, but the main thing is just to, to get the word out there. Just be educated. Educate yourself. You know, Coop, I mean, if the doctor tells me which happened in 1995, I blew my ACL out. And I'm like, ah, no, nah, I'm going to get a second opinion. I educated myself again sure. with another another doctor so then I can make a wise decision. And that's what I that's what our main message is. Educate yourself on what the vaccine is, what it'll do for you and your surrounding community, in your family, in the people that you meet in a grocery store that you have no idea who they are. And if you have no idea if they have pre-existing conditions. So um, that's our that's my take. Uh, just keep educating yourself on what it's what it's good for. And then hopefully if we do that, then we can get back to somewhat of a normal life. What do you what are the the non-vaccinated people? What's their are they scared? Are they just kind of I don't like being told what to do? What 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 sort of fight are you hearing here? The other well, side. I mean, you know, obviously I'm not I'm not a real big social media guy, uh, but just listening to some of my friends who have not been vaccinated. And it's all because they believe in some theory. Um, and some people, I think most people who are not been vaccinated have not been affected personally. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, obviously in our family, we've had um, out of the seven people, my wife and I and our five kids, six of us got COVID. And my, so, wife, had, my wife had it probably the worst. She was in bed for a couple of days, knocked her out. Uh, she's a, a teacher's aide, substitute teacher. So had a breakout at school last year. Uh, they were still in-person school. That's a private school for our grandkids. Um, and then, you know, my daughter's boyfriend, father, passed away late last year. And when he passed away, that was my wake-up call for the vaccination. And that's when I, right after he got, he passed away, he, um, you know, I told my wife, I'm, I'm going to get vaccinated so I can go see my mom. So I'm not going to be that person to maybe be a carrier to somebody I have no idea in the grocery store, or if we're going shopping anywhere, just going out, going to a gathering uh, that, you know, we live in Vegas. Um, you know, Vegas is a, a communion place where everybody kind of congregates together. Um, so you want to, you want to protect yourself, but you want to protect the people around you and the people that you love. And how do you think the message is within teams? You know, you've had, you've seen a couple guys have, have flare ups and all of a sudden their, you know, their quarterback room is now compromised and they're going to camp with one guy who's never taken a snap. I mean, it's, it's in some ways can be considered just selfish because you can really, you know, screw up an entire football season with, uh, you know, with, with not being vaccinated. Yeah, you know, last year the NFL kind of gave all the players and the coaches kind of some freebies, right? So last year we played games on Wednesdays, games were on Thursday. I mean, we had games throughout the whole week almost. And this year they finally put their foot down, which I'm okay with and I like yeah. because we do in America, we do enjoy our constitutional right to have the freedom of choice. I got it. But you can't want your freedom of choice, Coop, and then 
in return, if your employer says, you know what, you, you, you're choosing, you're, you're exercising that freedom of choice, but I'm going to ask, exercise my freedom of choice to say, you know what, if you don't get vaccinated and you cause an outbreak, bye-bye, yeah. you're going to get fired, you're going to get fined. And nowadays, this year, they're not going to be, you know, they're going to forfeit games. They're not going to bring the game to Tuesday and Wednesday. They're going to forfeit games and then nobody gets paid. So what's going to happen to the locker room dynamic if that happens and that one player that, that kept saying this whole time that he was not going to get vaccinated and he's the cause? Um, you know, I, I think I would just say be a team player. You know, think about the big picture because if your coach asks you to do, do something inside of a, a play, offensively, defensively, on special teams, you do that because you want to benefit and help your team win. Well, that's the same thing in this case. Now, I know it's a little bit outside the box because it's, you know, vaccination is really not a football play, but it still can help you everybody be on the field at one given time. And if you got everybody on the field and other teams are going through some type of COVID protocol and they can't play that week, then the benefit and the, and the percentages of you winning goes to your side, not to them. Rod, we've already seen one NFL coach be fired we let go because um he didn't he didn't want to be vaccinated i'm just curious kind of back in your era if something like this was going on now everybody's a little more delicate in how they present things who would have been a guy in a locker room who would have said you know everybody here is getting vaccinated no questions and everybody just went yes sir who'd you play with who who would have I, dropped the hammer and it's a it's a a no doubter oh um greg lloyd and kevin green that's not even a doubt. That's like, <laughs> without question, they were going to be in your face. Like, bro, you getting vaccinated like today, Like, <laughs> you have no choice to give. So both those guys, I mean, big physical guys are both strong, intimidating. Um, both those players, what we call them salt and pepper when, uh, when they played with us coming off Pittsburgh, the end, just uh. on opposite end, Sam in the wheel with us bringing some heat and, but they would, they would patrol the locker room. Right. They would they would do that. And back then it was really comfortable and allowed. And even today, Coop, you know, when I see winning teams, I see leadership inside the locker room. Yeah. And it's and it, maybe it is with COVID. Maybe it's not with COVID. Maybe it's about relationship, whatever it is. Because, you know, when you get in that 53 man locker, you talk about a lot of different things. And but the teams that win normally show me they have leaders in the locker room. Because it starts there. You can't lead in the locker room, then you can't lead on the field. And if you can find those guys in the locker room that can lead your team, um, then you have a better opportunity to win on the field. But for us, Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green, they would have been for sure the guys in your face saying, so you're not going to get vaccinated? So you're going to make us lose and lose a game or get forfeit a game and we have to lose a paycheck? No, nah, that's not going to happen on my watch. <laughs> I love that old school approach. Um, just while I got you, were you the fastest guy in the NFL for a couple of years? You think, or do you always, I always, you were always in the conversation. I mean, did you know you could beat Daryl green or whoever was running well, hot those days? Yeah. I mean, Daryl, you know, we, Daryl and I did run in the fast NFL fastest man after my rookie season. Um, but Daryl's Daryl's five, eight and a buck 50. I mean, so he is quicker and faster a little bit. You know, 
But top end speed, you know, trying to run all the way down the field, um, you know, got to run through somebody. You know, I would give myself the, the benefit of the doubt, but there's a lot of fast guys in the league. You know, you see, you know, Mike, I ran track my whole life, Coop. I ran, I ran the 110 hurdles, though. So I was a hurdler. And that was a, a love of mine, but my favorite sport was football. So I was just a, I was a track guy that played football. And when you find those guys, you know, we have a lot of fun on the field because we talk a lot of noise to each other when we talk about our speed. I remember having a conversation with me and Daryl Green and Dion. We did a round table um, mid last year. Um, and it was pretty fun to hear us compete and say how fast we were got <laughs> the guy and that we would have beat you. And Daryl, you know, Dion and I never raised. So Daryl still has it on me that he beat me in the NFL's fastest man. But I, I say all the time, I ask everybody to go back and watch the tape. He cheated. He did. He, he, wrote, he had a rolling start. He cheated. And, and it, you think at 56 right now, anybody no. intimidate you? You think you could, you, you, can you still, no. can, you can't no. run anymore? No, I'm not even trying to run anymore. <laughs> I walk briskly in the morning. <laughs> so all those workouts my wife used to do and I used to make fun of her. Yeah. That's what I'm doing now. Yeah, I can, I can relate. Rob, you've said uh, publicly before that sometimes you thought Hall of Fame status could work against someone getting a coaching job or being involved in the NFL. I was curious. I was curious if you could elaborate on that. Well, this is this is what I believe. Um, I think coaches can be intimidated by ex-players. Um, you don't get. Hall of Famers, too many Hall of Famers that want to coach in the first place. And that doesn't even mean they're going to be great coaches. Right. Um, but I think when you do find, and I believe that I was, I was blessed to go to Pittsburgh when I went to Pittsburgh and, and I was under Tony Dungy for a couple of years and, and Tony left and the guy named Rod Russ came in. A lot of people don't know who Rod Russ name is, but he was a defensive guru uh, in his time frame, he he was the coach that flipped my switch mentally, and 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 Chuck No used to always tell us, "Hey, this game is played two to one, mental to physical, because everybody's talented. Everybody, you might be faster, he might be quicker, he might be bigger, he might be stronger, but everybody has some type of talent. It's the players who can take that talent and to really think about it, two to one, mental to physical. Those guys separate themselves." from the average to the okay, to the great players. And I, he was the, he was the coach to cuss me out in the walkthrough, challenge me to become and understand the game a little bit better. I sat with him for like five weeks in off season coop. And he, he was just kind of inundating me with information, asking me a lot of questions. And about week five, that green light clicked on. I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding. This is all they do. This is all the offense is doing to the defense, disguising the different, you know, different things that they're doing by personnel groupings and formations and moving different people around. But at once they finish the formation, they run a certain number of plays out of that. It's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And so he was the guy to help me do that. And then after that, I got Dick LeBeau, Dom Capers, and Bill Cowher for yeah. five more years. And was Dick it? LeBeau is the coolest guy that you would ever want to meet. Baseball returns to its roots August 12th when New York plays Chicago in the cornfields of Iowa. Yeah, it's coming. 
Make the most out of the historic game with FanDuel Sportsbook's $5 Field of Dingers. Just bet 25 bucks on a same-game parlay with at least three legs to unlock a $5 bonus for every home run hit during the game. Now, I've told you before, the same-game parlay at FanDuel is really their strength. Okay, You can be very creative with same-game parlays. You could bet the money line and bet on which players will hit home runs, how many strikeouts a pitcher will throw. That's just one example of thousands and thousands of parlays you can create. So lock in your parlay. Be part of the history on August 12th. If you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, new users okay, can place your first bet risk-free. That's right. New users get up to 1000 bucks back in site credit if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Always use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. That's promo code C-O-L-I-N. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, or New Jersey. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required. 150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey. I mean, he, he, a Hall of Famer player and a coach. I mean, he, yes. you know, he's, he's, there's nothing he hadn't seen and seen a lot. Yeah. The thing what I love about Dick, he used to give us stories. And he used to talk about, like, when he first came in the league, he was like, yeah, you know, when I first came in the league, I was playing corner, and I, we could cut the receiver. And I was like, what? <laughs> cut the receiver at the line of scrimmage? I would love to do that right now. <laughs> like, this would be – that would be awesome. But then he also told us their, their hardships that, you know, every NFL team didn't have a lot of money. So when you – on Friday, everybody was rushing to get out of the, uh, the building because they had to be the first guy cashing their checks because the check might bounce. <laughs> so, so, I mean, he told us some really good stories. But the best thing that Dick LeBeau ever did, and I wish, I wish it was taped, like – but no, he would never let anybody tape it. Then on Christmas Eve, every Christmas Eve, he would recite the night before Christmas. And the first year, so it was 92, I think it was, the first year that Bill got there and they were all up and Dick gets up and he's like, yeah, you know, then he starts reciting. I'm like, we're sitting in the back, you know, we're like, there is no way this dude's going to recite the whole book word for word. Ain't no way. <laughs> I mean, I love Dick LeBeau. He's my coach. I got it. I love him because he's our DB coach. But ain't no way he's going to recite the whole book. Sure enough, he recited the whole book verbatim with sound effects, with the shutters and all that stuff. Man, when he got done, I can't remember who we played on that Sunday, but we kicked their butts. And we kicked their butts every time we had to play on that Christmas. Uh, so it was, it was awesome. <laughs> so if you can ever get Dick LeBeau on your podcast, Get him to recite the night before Christmas so it can be recorded. I think we'll do it in Christmas time. You know, that'd be time. We we'll go. time it up right. There we go. And then for you, you know, being a, a sneaky corner with a lot of picks and then just being so physically fit and being fast still to adjust to play to safety. What was that like? Well, Coop, I'm, honestly, I played safety my whole life. So Little League, from nine years old, when I first started playing pal football, I played safety. I played safety from all the way through there, all the way through high school, all the way through Purdue. My last year, I played a little bit of everything. I played a little running back, a little receiver, a little corner, a little safety. And then I ran my 40 at the combine. They're like, oh, you're going to play corner. 
And I'm like, no, 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 I can't. I'm like, I, I don't know how to play corner. I don't play corner. It's like, it's weird out there for me. Yeah. So my first couple of years, it took me, I would say two and a half years to really be comfortable out there at the corner position because it was odd. Safety, I'm up here. I can see everything. I, I see all 22. I can see the whole field. But at corner, on the side view, I played just like I did at safety. I had my eyes in the backfield. <laughs> I mean, I was getting beat, double moves, Drew Hill. I mean, that's when, you know, the run and shoot was like, oh. they were just tearing us up. I mean, Cincinnati, Boomer and those guys, Nettie Brown and all those guys, they was tearing us up. Kozar and, and Cleveland, they was, they was eating us alive. So we were, we, we learned under that combat. Um, then once I got comfortable, then I started realizing, oh, okay, I need to show one thing to another. You know, if you always show one and always do one thing when you show that, that's what a, a quarterback knows it, a receiver knows it. So I would show multiple looks and do multiple things out of it. And what I really was blessed with that I, Tony Dungy allowed me to do certain things. Uh, Rod Russ allowed me to do certain things, and so did Dick LeBeau. You know, Dick would say, hey, I would be in cover two. I will be eight yards off in cover two. And they would be like, you know, most coaches would be like, no, you need to get down three yards, get your hands on him, reroute him inside. You know, most coaches would do that. But they're like, no, 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 let him play. And then I can now I can show, I can, you know, backpedal three steps, stop, see if he's going to run a hitch. If he runs a hitch, pick six. If you're on the slant, it's going to be a collision. So learning to do different things out there, it took me a couple of years. And then once I moved to safety year 12, it was like a comfort zone. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't have to work. I mean, it's work, yes. More so physically, because I remember my first preseason game, we played, I think our game was against uh, Atlanta and Jamal, remember Jamal Anderson? So Jamal comes through, I think it's like right-hand side. It must've been like a 25 or something like stretch play. And he hits me and we hit my helmet goes down. I get up. I look at Ray Lewis. I'm bleeding. I can feel the blood coming down my face. And I look at Ray and I said, man, I don't know about the safety stuff, man. <laughs> you know, but I got to play five more years uh, at safety. And, you know, we got to win a Super Bowl when I was playing at that position. Do you think that Ravens team, that 2000 Super Bowl team, was the best defense? It's definitely the best defense you've ever played on, but you think it was the best defense ever? It's, it's worth the conversation. I can say in one given year, absolutely. Most of the great defenses we talk about throughout the history of the sport is they've done it multiple years, right? right. So you, you talk about the Steel Curtain, the Purple People Eaters, Orange Crush, all those great defenses you talk about they they did it year after year after year for probably a three-year period right but that one year that one year in baltimore marvin lewis had some great game plans he trusted us to do certain things he allowed us to change positions you know we'll change position with linebackers linebacker change position we'll change position with corners because we're all exes. I mean, outside of the Mike backer and the, and the nose tackle, everybody else, everybody, the other nine players are exes anyway. So we all, he allowed us to do different things and have fun with it. And you couldn't move Tony Saragusa and Sam Adams. You couldn't move those guys yeah. inside. Our linebackers all could run. 
And our secondaries, you know, about the, the year that we had that great year, that's when we had a young Chris McAllister, Dwayne Starks. Starks. I moved to safety that year. And then we had Corey Harris and um, we had what? Uh, Kim Herring. Those guys kind of alternated at the other safety position. But it was, we knew if you gave us 10 points, you weren't going to beat us. Well, yeah, y'all didn't. You're, no one was, I guess, the, the offense was so-so. The defense did all the, did, did all you're, the being pol- you're being polite with our offense. Our <laughs> offense sucked. Well, they sucked. I always, they, they, I, listen, when your offense doesn't score a touchdown for five straight games, that's, that's, that's not so-so. That's yeah, like well, you, you're not that good. And uh, Stokely always talks about he was, you know, he was instant offense on that Super Bowl. So it works out fine. It was. You know what's so funny? Because we, that year, the New York Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings. In Minnesota, they had a squad. I mean, they had everybody on that offense. And we were like, man, that's, is there one team that we don't want to play? It would be Minnesota. Because that's a matchup that, that's a good matchup for us offensively, or excuse me, defensively to their offense. And then when we saw the, the Giants beat them. We're like, what the heck happened? And this is no lie. Honest to God, Coop. Ray and I, I think it was a couple other players, we sat down on Monday to watch that game. And we watched the recap on how the how they played. And we're like, they, they're not going to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> if they get past the 50, we quit. <laughs> And I am not lying. That's exactly what we said to each other in that meeting room. And I think they got across <laughs> once against us in the game. So, I mean, we believed in who we were. Um, they just had a perfect game against Minnesota. It, it can happen. It can happen. You know, it, we see it all the time. Yeah. That's why That's why you play them. Upsets happen, and that's, that's the fun of it. And that's why you can dial up that perfect game and have a, a few little breaks here and there. As one of the greatest defensive backs of all time, when you watch the NFL now, you know, camp starting, who are the DBs you like to like to tune in and, and see? Oh, man. You know, I, I like, obviously, Jalen Ramsey. You know, he, when I was coaching, uh, he, he came out. Uh, you know, I thought he was a great athlete. What I loved what they did last year with him is they put him at nickel, finally. Like this is his first year ever playing Nick. We first, I mean, last year was his first time even going inside outside. Why of do you like that? Why do you like that? What, what, what? Because it shows his versatility. You know, he's a big, tall, lanky, twitchy corner that can play inside, but they always want their nickel, the nickel corner or whatever you want to call him, the nickel guy to be small. I play nickel. I'm six one. I was two, two oh five ish, two ten ish. And I was our, I was our nickel back. You know, our dime was Carnell Lake, who was 6'2", two, two, he was like 225. He was a hammer. He could bring it. Carnell could bring it. He's, the, he's one of the most underrated players that I've ever played with, that people don't talk about, but how versatile he was. Um, but Jalen, uh, obviously, uh, I, I think White in Buffalo, to start, let's talk about the corners first. I think White, I didn't think White was going to be that good, to be honest but he is a player, man. He's a player. Uh, Humphreys with Baltimore. Um, I didn't think Humphreys going to be that good. You know, I knew he played well in college. I knew he had some skill sets, but I didn't know he was going to be a playmaker the way he became 
with Baltimore. Um, a couple safeties. Uh, Minka, I think Minka, man, he just he's a player. He's a he's a playmaker. And you go back two years ago when Pittsburgh got him, um, they traded for him in the, after the first four weeks. The first four weeks, they were awful. I mean, their defense did not look like the Pittsburgh Steelers defense of old. They trade for him week five. He comes in first week. I think he gets a fumble recovery interception. And then the rest of the year, they play at the top-notch level at the defense like Pittsburgh normally does. So I, can his, remember, I think I think Nick Saban one time said he was one of the maybe the smartest players he's ever coached. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, mean he 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 is a he is a playmaker. Um, you know, I, I like him. I like Honey Badger. I know Honey Badger doesn't like his name being said that way anymore. Great nickname. I don't know why Honey Badger doesn't like it. That's one of the great nicknames of all time. It's hard to get a good nickname. Yeah. I mean, Peterson, um, you know, in Arizona, I know he's a little older, but I still love him. Um, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the, little, the little safety that played at Arizona, came from Washington. Oh, uh, Buda Baker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buda Baker, I, I love – when I remember watching him when he came out, I thought he was a corner. And I kept saying, who was that guy moving like that? Like I was watching Phil, and I'm like, that guy can move. And they're like, oh, he's a safety. I'm like, he's a safety? Moving like that? He moves like a corner. And sure enough, man, the guy's just a little playmaker. He, he's all over the field. I'm, I've never seen anybody play with that much energy because he's everywhere. He's like – I mean, he, it seems like it's like 20 of them on the field. So, I mean, those are, those are some of the guys I love to watch. Um, but obviously, you know, it's, the game has changed. They can't touch the guys the way they touched them. I mean, I would have – I don't know how I would have played. You know, because I, was, I was a physical – I try to, you know, yeah. physicality used to be a, a nice trait to have, and it still is. What I tell players all the time, don't let the flags detour how you play. Just keep playing through it, keep playing through it, keep playing through it. Don't hit in the head. That's the biggest thing. But everything else, just keep playing. And if they do that, that's when you find the great players that can just consistently go out there and make plays week in and week out. I know we touched on it earlier on the vaccinations and with a coach being let go because he didn't do it. Do you think there's a chance you have some players this year who feel so strongly about it they might get cut? Well, let's say this. Um, if you're on the bubble, you better get vaccinated. <laughs> I'm not being honest, right? I mean, if, okay, as a player, you have to understand, you get in a locker room, you're like, you can't be the 52nd guy yeah. and then tell everybody, oh, I'm not getting vaccinated. Nope. They're going to like, okay, well, we're going to bring up the 54th guy. Bring you in and yeah. see you. Bye-bye. So, you know, if – if you're in a position where you have leverage and you are a playmaker for your football team, then maybe you can do that this year. Maybe they'll allow you to do that this year. But if you're on the bubble, you can't do that. They're yeah. going to cut you because the NFL don't need you. The NFL has been played for over a hundred <laughs> years. And I keep telling guys that all the time. They don't need you. Do they like to have you? Would they like to have your skill set? Absolutely. They would love to have it, but they don't need you. They'll cut you in a heartbeat. They're not going to be crying and be done and, and about you leaving. They're going to keep move, keep on moving. So, you know, if I was one of those guys, man, if I was on those bubbles, and I, you know, just and it, you got to be honest with yourself, though, Coop, looking in the mirror when you're at training camp. You can't say I'm the man 
and you're not even getting any reps, right? You can't say that. So, you know, if, if, if you're not getting any reps and you're not vaccinated, you might want to get vaccinated just to prove that you're, you're a team player. Well, I'm vaccinated. I'm glad you gave me some reps. As always, we finish up with a little bite of cold soup and grate it from one to a thousand. Here we go. How'd you do today? How'd I do? Yeah, you grade it. A thousand's the best. One's the worst. How was it? Me personally? How'd I do? Uh, no, not your performance. The soup. Just oh, the soup. Oh, Actually, great my performance. I want the soup, then my performance. What do you think I get? What do you give me? One the out of a thousand. Is, soup is 1,000. <laughs> I mean, that's, this is my soup. This is what I like. Soup is 1,000. I, I think your performance, I think you are at 999. <laughs> I was hoping for a nine. I'll take nine ninety nine every day. I mean, not per nobody's perfect, right? So nobody's perfect. We're no, we're not perfect, but well, you were a perfect I mean, guest. You would have been, minute. you would have been perfect if we didn't have the people running background behind you naked. I, you know, we're kind of a wide <laughs> open family over here. We're doing a nude vaccination out on the front porch. You know, I saw I saw the one person come with some shorts. I'm like, well, he may be going swimming. Then he came yeah. back. I'm I think like, they're going, going to football back? practice. Hopefully, he, he's a. Uh, He's putting on weight left and right. He's eating more than soup. So you and I look good. He's he's putting on the pounds. Rod, it's been an absolute, uh, it's been a pleasure getting a, getting a visit with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Coop. You bet.